Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You are listening to Dove Valley Deep Divers with Eric Trickle and Lance Sanderson. Ball comes out of the hands of Newton. It's on the ground, picked up by T.J. Ward at the four-yard line. Vaughn Miller did it again. On Overtime Media. Mile high, hello, Broncos country. Welcome into another episode of the Dove Valley Deep Divers podcast. I am your host, Lance Sanderson, and joining me as per usual on our normal time slot, not the, the free agency special we did the other day, but uh, normal time slot, Eric Trickle is with me here as well. Um, Eric, you know, that marathon podcast we did, three hours, and we were actually re- ready to go for before we ended up having to, to get out of there. Um, that, that was a that was a gas. It was a lot of fun, guys. If you didn't see that, go check it out. Again, three hours long. You're going to need most of the data to check it out, even if you break it up into segments. But uh, after we got done, we were trying to hold on as long as we could to get as much news in as possible. And then there was like three or four different moves that all happened, and we were both just super upset, dude. First things first, before we discuss that even more, how are you? How was the rest of your uh, Wednesday night, Thursday, and uh, the rest of today for you? It's been a freaking marathon. Um, I mean, first of all, as you said, is like we had, we had plans to go a little bit later on Wednesday. Got told we had to get off, and and not long, not about an hour after we got off, Von Miller moves. The Von Miller move breaks, and what was so disappointing was like I said multiple times on that podcast, like I hope that the Von Miller news something happens there while we're live, and then boom, as soon as we get off, so that that was a little bit disappointing, and then. The Devontae Adams trade. Like, right, yeah. I mean, all the expectation was that the reason why Aaron Rodgers was taking his time, the media kept hyping this up, was he was wanting some confirmation there with, with Devontae Adams, that they were going to commit to him long term. Comes to find out he was well aware that they were looking at trading him and that relationship was, that was done. And he's going to the Raiders, which makes sense, reuniting with Derek Carr. Yep. But it's just another piece that Denver has to figure something out for in division. It's an arms race in the AFC West, and it's why we're ta- why our topic is what it is about where the Broncos stand up, not just in the AFC, in the AFC West specifically. And if you look around the whole AFC, it's becoming more of an arms race throughout. I mean, the Buffalo Bills have made some big moves. The Browns, yeah, yeah they made their move. Um couple other teams like have sitting there just going out there and making moves it it's like um you know that meme with the three head the three dragon heads the one that really goofy looking like you can just cut it down to two because you have the afc for one and the goofy one is the nfc yeah <laughs> this is true this is true it like it's been such a whirlwind and the, again the afc west with like, the khalil Mack trade was the first one to really it kind of shook things up going to the chargers um well, obviously I the raiders the first one to shake things up was russell wilson well yeah and then <laughs> shortly after that I, I i've got the timing all mixed up here guys it's been a long week let's just put it this way i've been away from home i got home 
about an hour ago um, and immediately had to turn around and come and do this. So bear with me a little bit, guys. I'm going to be a little rusty today. Uh, anyway, so you've got the Russell Wilson trade, obviously a huge move for the Broncos. You've got the Khalil Mack trade to the Los Angeles Chargers for peanuts, essentially. The Chargers stole that contract and they stole that player well, from the Bears. I mean, the thing is, is that he's been dealing with injuries and that Bears wanted out of that contract. So they're willing to take less. Right. And what the Bears got for it was still a f- good deal. I mean, it, it was a good deal. Nothing to turn your nose up at. It's just the but, Mac but, that we know hasn't been the Mac that he's. The Mac we. What am I trying to say? The Mac the last few years isn't the Mac that we came to fear in, when he was with the Raiders. Right. Like, he, he, the injuries have really been there. And let's see if he can figure out the um, steps back. Like if, if he can come back to that form. Yeah, well, it, it's just, it's crazy because what was it four years ago, five years ago when the Raiders traded Mac to the, to the bears to begin with, they got three first round picks for or two first round picks for the guy. Like it's, it's crazy. The amount of value that they got for a player of max caliber. And then when they got rid of him, they got a couple of second round picks or something like that. I can't remember the, the exact value. They, they got peanuts or pennies on the dollar for what they gave up for the guy. And he, wasn't the same player in Chicago that he was in Oakland at the time. Um, but then after that, you've got um, now the Devontae Adams news. You've also got the um, Juju Smith-Schuster just signed a deal with the Kansas City Chiefs. So that's another premium wide receiver that the Broncos are going to have to figure out a way to cover um, with the secondary that desperately needs a nickel help, a, a guy in the slot that can cover uh, against wide receivers and tight ends. Like you've got to, you've got to get another cornerback here. Um the the pass rush in this division is crazy because the Raiders went out and signed Chandler Jones. So like they have Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. You've got Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack and the Broncos don't currently have a right tackle on the roster worth a grain of salt. Like they, they, they went out and signed Tom Compton. They, uh, they gave um, Calvin Anderson a, a, a sizable deal for him. I think it was fully guaranteed too. I also heard something interesting about that, Eric. I want your thoughts on this one. Um, Within the contract that Calvin Anderson signed, the reason why they did that instead of doing the tender on him was in the contract, they actually have a clause in there that he has an opportunity to compete for the right tackle position. Like they, they were going to give him an opportunity to start. Like that was according to Benjamin Albright. Uh, I heard that the uh, this morning on the uh, listening back to the show. So that's kind of an interesting piece of information there. Um, what do you think about that? Well, I, I mean, it's was great. I mean, it's a low risk. They do believe in him. Um, I, I have some questions about it because what we've seen from him hasn't been, you know, the best level. And I think he's a little bit more limited to the left side. Um, but for a one year deal, 2.5, I think is what a total, the total is. Um, it, it's fine. Like just one year allows him to go out there. He has a chance to compete. And that was always, that was always going to be the case. He's going to have a chance to compete. Adding Tom Compton, I think confirms that. I think they still are going to be looking heavy at that in the draft. I wouldn't be yep. surprised if they still sign another offensive lineman somewhere. Uh, between now and the draft, they still got to make a little bit of cap room for that, for that wiggle room. Um, but he's getting a chance to compete, and that's what's needed. And it just goes to show, hey, you have a chance to compete. We're not going to commit to you long term, which even the restrict the restricted free agent tender wasn't committing to him long term. Right. Yep. But it, it takes away that opportunity of another team being like, okay, we're going to give you a long term contract mm-hmm. and basically kind of pry you away. So yeah. I, I like the move. Yeah, it's it's an all right move. I like Calvin Anderson. I think he's better on the left side than he is on the right side. But at the same time, um, he gets a, an actual opportunity to go out there and compete for the starting position per his contract. Like He signed that contract specifically so that he could get the opportunity to go out and compete for the starting job. Um, I'm going to grab base case here with the two dollar super chat. Uh, big news out of um, out of. Uh, 
Michigan, the, the Michigan pro day today, David Ojabo went down with a lower leg injury. Uh, basically says an Achilles. I haven't seen anything as far as confirmation on that is concerned, but I did hear it was an ankle injury. Um, anyways, David Ojabo, potential top 10 pick in this class, top 15 pick at least. Uh, would you take him at number 64, Denver, uh, if, uh, if, if he fell, Eric? Um, so, I, yeah, I hadn't heard the Achilles yet. Um, I guess Nick had saw that and he shared it a little bit. And I guess the report is from Michael Lombardi that uh, the news out of Michigan is that he um, injured his Achilles. Um, I, if he's there at 64, it's tough because with the way this roster is, you want a guy to come in and be able to have an impact right away. Yep. Um, I'm not, and, and you're not getting that from him, but he no. still has so much upside. And then you have the whole risk of the Achilles injury coming well, back from that. Will he be deceived? Like it's it's tough. Honestly, I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure I would, just because you already have so many questions about Randy Gregory with his injury history, Bradley Chubb with his injury history, and that I'm just uh, just it's a it's rough for me to to say yeah. So that was something you said something there just a second ago about a guy that you're looking at 64, a guy even at number nine when the Broncos still had that pick. Um, you're looking for a guy that can come in, especially off of the edge where you need to have a high impact guy. Ojabo wasn't necessarily that guy to begin with. Like there was still a lot of refinement that he had to have. He's got a massive amount of upside, massive amount of talent, massive amount of uh, athleticism, but he really needed to get stronger in the running game. So taking Ojabo at nine, yeah, it would have been a, a, a solid pick for the future, but this team is available and ready now with Russell Wilson. They have to be able to compete now. And David Ojabo is not a player. And as Peter Johnson says here astutely, uh, Ojabo would be available by December. Yeah, well, that's December. And yes, this team is ready to compete and he could potentially be available for a playoff run there. Possibly. But possibly. There's no guarantee he's back by December. Exactly. I mean, you, you, you're you taking a, a guy at number 64 overall that um, – may not be ready until next season, like not 2022, like 2023. Like there's a long ways to go if it's a torn Achilles. And who knows if he's ever going to retain that explosiveness that he had coming off the edge of Michigan. An Achilles injury is not an ACL. Like they, they figured out the ACL injuries. They've got that kind of down pat now. Achilles yeah. is the next one. And like that's, yeah, a, that's a big is, thing. Achilles injuries are typically at least a year. Um, who was it? There was a guy a couple of years ago um, – there was a running back a couple years ago, tore his, ruptured his Achilles. He was out a year and a half before he came back. And when he came back, he was never the same. Um, uh, it was a run, it was a running back and Achilles are kind of viewed as like death sentence for those um, for, for running backs, wide receivers. And for an edge, like of the style of a job, it's a concerning injury. Yeah. So it's rough. I still think he goes early. I still think he'll go. I think he'll go somewhere in the second round. Um, I think teams needing edge rushers that aren't really in that point of con contention for this year. Um, I think they'll be willing to take that risk of letting him sit, hope he's back late this year. And maybe those teams that are like, okay, maybe we can make a playoff push, but we're not counting on it like Denver is. Maybe one of those types of teams. Just for Denver, I think that they're looking for guys who can come in, maybe not be starters, but have that impact this year, especially with that. Uh, I mean, their window right is open now with – Russell Wilson, they can't they can't sit by and and wait for Ojabo. And I really think that the may not happen, but I think that the plan at the moment is possibly seeing what tackles fall, how the tackle board is going, and possibly moving up there. Um, having some conversations with that, and that seems to be kind of where things are looking at at the moment. 
You're muted. Lance, you're muted. Sorry, muted. My, my bad, guys. Um, my kids were screaming, so I muted myself really fast. Uh, Got to say hello to the chat really fast before we continue this conversation. Um, Lawrence Rivera jumping in here. That's better, but we need more firepower yesterday, especially on the defensive side. I will agree with that. Travis jumping in. Good, good buddy, Travis. Uh, happy Friday and good evening, Lance, Eric, and Broncos country. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Josh Johnson signing, and are the odds dwindling down on possibly signing uh, Bobby Wagner or Lyle Collins? Um, we'll get to that here in just a couple of seconds. I want to just continue saying hello to everybody here. Um, we've got Dirt Boy. That's a new name for me. Juan Espinoza as well. Christos Jenkins. Um, Jake Kozad. Um, Cade Arnold, another new name for me today. Um, and um, Speaking of new names, uh, and I wanted to grab this comment too. Um, Oyster Man says Cam Akers we have in five months by the same year. Yeah, I mean, and Cam Akers is one of those freak guys that just managed to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, more of an exception to the rule kind of thing. Um, so it, it's not it's not a safe bet to make really of that happening. Right. It's it's almost the same thing as like the Adrian Peterson when he blew up everything in his knee in 2011, came back in like eight months and then rushed for 2000 yards. Like it, it, you're not seeing that happen very often. Cam Akers is definitely one of those uh, freak cases where it's just that you're, you're not going to bank on anything like that happening. Uh, Juan Gonzalez uh, jumping in here as well. And um, to be fair, I mean, he only touched the ball six times, seven times. Yeah. The season. He was, so it, and came back for a, one game, I think, and then he was back out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Travis Tarbox jumping in here, throwing some stars around. Appreciate that, buddy. We And we thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, good, ev- good evening, fellas. I've read many of your articles, but haven't been able to catch your show. Just curious, do you think we trade back into the first round to get a tackle? Uh, Denver Broncos for life. Um, Travis, this, this is a great question. Um we actually discussed this on the Wednesday show, a uh, three-hour-long podcast. If, get it, if you get the opportunity, go check that out as well. But uh, as for this, no, I, I don't think that we're going to see them get into the first round just because I don't think they have the capital unless they're willing to give up something in the future or potentially even a player. Because with the Russell Wilson deal, they gave up number nine, number 40, next year's first and next year's second. So right now they're sitting at number 64 overall. They do have two-thirds to this year to go along with that. However, that's not enough. Like, you're not going to be able to send a second and two-thirds to get into the top 32. You, like, you might get into the into the, the 40s somewhere, maybe even into the, the higher 30s, like 38, 39, 40, somewhere around in there with that value. There's also another thing here, though. The, the Broncos with George Payton, they value these draft picks. They've already given up a ton of those picks to, to go and get a player like Russell Wilson. They're going to want to sit where they're at or potentially even move down. I mean, I could see them moving up for the right tackle if it's the if it's the, the guy that they really, truly fall in love with to go up into like the into the early 40s, mid 40s, somewhere around in there to get that guy. But you're not going to see them get into the first round, unfortunately. Or at least I don't think that they're going to be able to do that. Um, real quick. Yes, Cam Akers played in the in the in the playoffs. I was talking about in the season because everybody was hyping up about how early he came back because it was like in what it was it like November or something. I can actually pull it up real quick. Um, but they're talking about oh he's coming back for that game. Um, oh no, I guess that was the last game of the season. Never mind. I thought it was earlier than that. Um, so never mind. I mean, he still came back. He was able to, and he was just one of those freaks and everything. Again, yeah. you just can't bet on everybody doing that. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, go ahead. Uh, as Scott says, it also depends on the severity of the Achilles tear or rupture, which, yeah, that's very much true. I mean, not all injuries are the same. Um, see a lot of chat talking about Josh Johnson and questions there. I mean, yeah, I, I wanted like to get Josh Johnson. Denver needed a backup quarterback that can go in and kind of do what they want because, I mean, 
with the same with uh, Brett Rippin. I mean, he's just not able to do the same kind of thing. Um, he, he's a smart quarterback. I mean, he's just not there, you know, super athletically gifted, not super gifted with the arm strength. He's not going to be able to do the same things. And well, Josh Johnson obviously isn't that same caliber of quarterback that Russell Wilson is. He's a little bit better of the fit for what the Broncos want to do. So I like it. Seems to be a cheap deal. He played well last year in his limit in his, what, two starts, I think it was, um, or two games of serious play action or something like that. It's a, it's a good it's a good move for what Denver needed. Yeah. I, I like the Josh Johnson signing. Obviously, Brett Rippon doesn't fit. He's not a, a scheme fit in this in um, what Nathaniel Hackett wants to do. He, isn't, he doesn't have the mobility. He doesn't have the arm strength. Uh, he's got the accuracy, and that's like it's okay accuracy. He's not a pinpoint passer by any stretch of the imagination. And he definitely has the smarts. Like, that's something that is Brett Rippon's calling card. Like, if he doesn't pan out as an NFL quarterback, which is probably unlikely that he is actually going to get another opportunity to be a legitimate starter if he ever does get one, um, he's going to be a coach, like for sure. This guy is a super, super smart guy following kind of the Kellen Moore path. Uh, quite honestly, it's, it's it's kind of ironic because, or well, I guess coincidental mostly, but uh, the fact they both went to uh, Boise State, they both don't have the um, – they, they don't have the requisite athleticism or arm strength or the talent to play the, the quarterback position, but they both have the mind to be a high quality coach. So uh, Josh Johnson is a guy that can play quarterback. He played this last year. Um, he's played for damn near half of the NFL. It's like, this is like team number 15 or something like that. He's, did he's he signed a contract running, with? Andrew Mason had a funny um, comment about it before we get to the super chat here. He's played for 17 different teams, including the XFL and I believe the Canadian Football League, but it's the yep. first time ever in the Mountain Time Zone. That's crazy, man. That's insane. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, uh, I know, uh, so Rock Shock jumping in here with a $10 super chat. Hey, Lance and Eric, happy Friday. Happy Friday to you, Rock Shock, and we appreciate you. Uh, who are some slot cornerbacks still available that you would like the Broncos to sign? Um, the, well, the one big of the guys name... I wanted, and one of the guys I wanted, ended up back in Atlanta, mm-hmm. in Isaiah Oliver. Um, I'm still a. Uh, I, I still like um, Dante Jackson. He's been with Carolina. Been playing on the boundary out there. Um, very roller coaster career. Good year, bad year. Good year, bad year. Um, I think he's much better fit inside. I really like his play in zone. And when he's played in the slot, he's been extremely good there. He just doesn't play there often. And I would like to see what they could try to get him, bring him in. Um, I, as they said today, they're still talking to Bryce Callahan. They're talking to. Kareem Jackson. I think they want to bring in two corners, which, hey, that's great. That makes it even more sense to go bring in Dante Jackson because he can play on the boundary, too. As a, yep. Again, I think he's better inside. But he can play out there, and he can play well out there. He's shown that um, for added depth, and especially with Bryce Callahan, who has never played a full season, you get additional help there. I wouldn't mind seeing Nate Harrison brought back. Yeah, I think that the slot corner position is on the free agent market is still pretty strong. Corner yeah. overall, there's still some solid options out there. Oh, yeah. Um, a guy that I mentioned the other day, it's an injury concern for sure. And you're probably going to get him at a cheaper deal. He's 30 years old, played at San Francisco this last season. Um, Jason Verrett is a guy that I was intrigued by coming out of the draft at TCU. Um, he fits the scheme well, can play in the, in the slot. He can play on the boundary. Um, if he's looking to come in and compete for a, a high a high level starting job, you're probably or like high level money, then you're probably not going to go in that direction. But if you can get him at a one year, one and a half, maybe $2 million deal, little guarantees, um, 
you know, get him into camp and see if he can if he can compete at least. That's a signing that I would that I would welcome for sure. But I I do also think that the draft is going to be a big deal for the Broncos at the cornerback position. George Payton loves to draft cornerbacks. He likes to keep young at that position. He likes to have a lot of depth there as well. So I would like to see at least one veteran brought in and then at least another rookie, maybe even two rookies brought in to kind of help bolster that depth up. And the Broncos also do have a Sang Bassi on the roster as well, who played at least okay a couple of years ago in the slot, um, bounced around for a little while, went to the Chargers, went to the Rams, has been back in the Denver now for a little while. Um, there's another option there, uh, Michael Ojemudia as well, and probably more boundary guy, or maybe even a, a potentially as a safety. But uh, yeah, they, they definitely need to go and address the slot cornerback position. Uh, Andrew Baker jumping in, throwing some stars around. Uh, some love for the Valley Boys. Appreciate you, big dog. Who makes the playoffs in this division? Because, man, these AFC West teams are going to beat the crap out of each other, LOL. Uh, hashtag MHH for life. Um, I was actually Technically talking. Technically all four. I, all yeah. four again. Uh, yes. I, the, the bigger question will be who's going to win the division. Because I think if the Broncos figure out a way to kind of bolster up some of the holes that they do have, they have a legitimate shot. So are the Chargers. The Raiders are probably the furthest team away from actually competing in the AFC West just because that defense still needs so much retooling. Um, they, they've got to get better in the secondary. They really do. Um, but, uh, I, I mean, there's three teams that could win the West, and there's all four of those teams that – I mean, there's there's three wildcard teams now. You might see the entire AFC West in the playoffs. Like, that, this division is that good. So long as they don't cannibalize themselves, like, they, that you could see all four of these teams win at least ten games for sure. Yeah, I mean, I if – if I remember right, I think all teams can technically in the division can technically go fourteen and three now. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, like, um, but uh, I don't think all four make it, but we could see it. Um, and what's interesting with this division is, even though the Chiefs have had the stranglehold on it, like they're still the clear number one team, but they still have plenty of questions about them. Yep, they've done they've made some key moves to help that team out. Yeah, um, I like that addition of Justin Reed to that defense. Um, still have questions about them up front minus Chandler, Chandler Jones. Um, and that linebacker core still have questions about that, even though um, Willie Gay played well for them. The Chargers, they have plenty of questions. There's a plenty of like, all right, well, is Cleo Mack going to come back? That linebacker core is kind of stinky. Um, their offensive line is is all sorts of messy. Like, So they have plenty of questions. Is the coaching staff going to take that second-year step forward? I, I'm kind of hesitant to put them as the number two team in the division at the moment. But I think that they're there just because Justin Herbert and he's still so cheap and yep. there's they have no issues building around him at the moment. And they're doing a good job bringing in like extending players that they have. They brought in Khalil Mack. They just went out and got JC Jackson to help out there at the cornerback position. Um, who, they, they had another uh, another secondary player that they brought in. I can't remember who it was. Um, but the, I mean, they they extended a contract to Mike Williams. It was a, a big deal for sure for Mike Williams. But when you have Justin Herbert playing as well as he is, he still got three years left on that rookie deal. Mike Williams' contract expires in three years. Like, you, if you want to then pay Justin Herbert and let Mike Williams go, it, Mike Williams is still a high-quality wide receiver, too, in this league for sure. And he's a great deep threat. He's a great guy that can go uh, the jump ball receiver. He works really well on the boundary. has really good chemistry with with Justin Herbert already. So, that, like, that's a big get for this Chargers team. Um, then, glad you, go ahead. Slide and glad um, bros came out with the nine and said, hey, guys, predict Randy's upcoming season. And th- this kind of touches in with what I was getting at, too, is for all the questions that the other teams have, I mean, will Khalil Mack bounce back? You still have to ask those questions with the Broncos, too. I mean, right tackle is still a major concern. 
Um, yeah. I like Tom Compton. I think that honestly, I think he's an upgrade over Bobby Massey because Bobby Massey last year was not as good as many fans think he was. Dude was terrible against the run, and he was actually worse by every analytic measure there is in pass protection than Elijah Wilkinson and DeMar Dotson. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's still a concern there for me. And I think that at least with Tom Compton, you're getting a very reliable run defend or run blocker. Pass protection is a little, little scary there. Um, but the biggest question mark you have is these pass rushers. Yeah, Both of them have injury concerns. I know a lot of people want to focus in on the time that Randy Gregory has been suspended. Um, listening to him talk today, doing my digging into it and everything, that seems to be behind him. It's the injuries now the last couple of years that he's dealt with that are concerning for me. Yeah. Randy and Gregory. So it, it, it makes it hard to predict because of that. If he stays healthy, then I think he can easily achieve double-digit sacks. He has mm-hmm. a high pressure rate. Despite, I mean, I can't remember who it was. I think Zach Stevens of DNVR had it out that he played 38% of defensive snaps and still was top 10 in total pressures. Like that is a tremendous pressure rate. Um, so that that's something that you look forward to because pressures um, pressures are something that is valued uh, a lot by NFL teams. Um, George Payton talked about it a little bit today. Bill Belichick has historically. So it's hard to predict. But again, if he stays healthy, I think double-digit sacks at least. I don't disagree with you on that one. Um, it's going to help a lot if he has Bradley Chubb on the other side actually coming back healthy to kind of take away from the holy crap, it's Randy Gregory. Um, his uh, like 7.8, I think is what it was. Pressure, like uh, it's a a snap every 7 point or a, a 7.8. Pressure, yes, a, a pressure every 7.8 snaps is uh, his pressure rate. So like that's that's incredibly high. It's in the Yeah, and that's a top 15 level. Like that's, a, that's an elite number. You want a guy like that. Bradley Chubb on the other side, if he can get something like something similar to that, this defense is going to be fearsome. But they both have to stay healthy. There's so many injury concerns. Bradley Chubb with the torn ACLs. He had both both of his uh, ankles worked on last year to remove bone spurs. Uh, uh, Randy Gregory has lower body concerns and a shoulder issue as well. Like there's a lot that is going to happen here with both of these guys that it, like it's so hard to predict. But if they stay healthy, I mean, 45 sacks for this Broncos team is not a not a crazy high number for sure. Like they can definitely get that. They might even get over 50 total as a team because those two guys are both capable of being 10 or 12 sack guy uh, players every single year. So it's going to be fun to see how that plays out. Uh, Travis Weber jumping back in, showing some more love. Uh, Danny Trevathan was released. I wonder how much he's looking for. Eric, any insights there? Uh, no, but I, I'm not sure what he's looking for, but don't count on Denver. Um, I think with the signing of Alex Singleton, um, after they signed Josie Jewell, I thought they'd be done signing in for agency and just wait till the draft. Um, now, I'm, I'm sure they'll add a rookie, but I'm day three, pick, late day three pick under at the free agent um, or two at this point. Alex Singleton's a solid special teams guy. He loved the Eagles in tackling the last two years, but tackling is not exactly the best metric for linebackers because his overall defensive play was really rough. Um, so it's – and Danny Trevathan, like, he hasn't he hasn't been good the last couple of years. Um, so I don't expect it. I don't think that his market will be very big, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if he's, you start hearing talk of retwi- retirement coming out of him. Not sure he's at that point yet, but it's I, I think it's close. Yeah. i got to grab this really fast because we were supposed to have – 
Jeremy, Black Knight on tonight. Uh, Lance, did you get my message about joining the show around Easter? I did not. Um, however, uh, we'll talk about that more behind the scenes. Um, and again, dude, sorry. Uh, we kind of got forced into doing some more of the, the free agency stuff. We will have you on. You will be the first one that does a mock draft with us. It will be the next one that we do, if not next week or maybe the week after. Around Easter would be about that time. So we'll get back in touch with you. Um, we'll get Eric involved as well in the, in the chat. And we'll, uh, we'll converse and make sure that we can actually get that done for you, man. Because, uh, again, I'm just sorry that everything kind of worked out this way. But uh, Thank you for understanding it. It comes out, it's fine. It's been practicing on Broad War. So, uh, yeah, uh, like, thanks for that. All right. So other news from today, um, we have uh, Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick actually is out there being a huge team player right now. Um, just signed a, a long-term extension in November and um, played very well on that extension. He uh, had a $6.9 million roster bonus that the team converted into a signing bonus to give him the money up front and saves the team $4.6 million about roughly in cap space for this season. The Broncos were starting to get tied up against the cap. Um, there's still a couple of moves they could get. Expect something with Tim, uh, with uh, Cortland Sutton here soon in the similar vein, converting that roster bonus into a signing bonus and just uh, getting that out of the way. It's going to push some money down the road a little bit, but with the cap expected to jump somewhere in the 240 to $250, 60000000 million range, somewhere around in there, you can afford to do that. So that's not a, a huge deal. Also, um, a Russell Wilson extension could happen here. Um, a restructure there, convert some of that money into a signing bonus, drop that cap number down. Um, Garrett Bowles potentially could have one there as well. Um, the Sam Martin's another guy. Like there's there's a there's a lot of different ways that the, the Broncos can get some more cap space. But this was a good way to get started. Eric, what do you think about Tim Patrick restructuring his deal? I mean, it was kind of expected mm-hmm. um, that they're they're going to make moves. I mean, they had to make moves. Yeah. Um, by my calculation, I mean again, we don't know what DJ Jones's contract is. Haven't seen anything about Eric Tomlinson's. Um, some of the new signings we have, um, I don't think we've seen Josh Johnson's either. Um, Alex Singleton's we know. And by my calculation without that is that they were, before the two signings, Josh Johnson and Singleton, they they, they were about 2 to $3 million in cap space, depending on the structure of DJ Jones. So they needed it. I mean, they had to make room, and they still have to make extra room. It only, it didn't, Tim Patrick's freed up a good, good amount, but they still need more. Um, yep. Colin Sutton, I believe that he has a $10.5 million roster bonus, might be 11.5. Um, and one of the things is that Denver likes to put those roster bonuses in, gives them an option to, you know, all right, we're just going to convert that to a signing bonus. We're going to lower your cap hit this year, and then we're going to kick their can down the road. Um, and depending on what it is, I think they can free up, um, they can bring his total cap hit to down around five to six million. Mm-hmm. Um, which would free up a good amount of it of space because what his cap it this year is what almost fourteen million something like that yeah so it, almost ten million dollars it could free up there um, something they need they still want to make a couple moves and they talked about it today and one of the biggest things too is going in today into today they only had sixty players under contract um, they now sit at sixty three players under contract mm-hmm. and so. Going forward, I mean, you don't want to add too many rookies when you have a window open with Russell Wilson. You want to find some other cheaper veteran guys who can come in and compete. Um, so I think that they want to end up between 70 and 75 players under contract going into the draft. So that way it allows them more versatility to move around with picks and then allows them to not have to overload the roster really with undrafted free agents. So still expecting a few moves. So you got to make some. And uh, one thing to note is with 
Um, offseason rolls of 51 men for the against salary cap. Anytime you sign somebody, you're adding a little bit more to the cap too. It's not, it's a, I mean, it's a net loss, but sign somebody for a million dollars. Well, it only ends up counting like what, not 400,000 against the cap extra yeah. because you're kind of bumping off a guy whose salary cap is 500,000 or whatever. I'm yeah. not sure off the top of my head, but. Yeah, it's like vet- veteran minimum or like a even a rookie contract and exclusive rights free agent. You're going to get like four hundred and fifty to seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. It drops off, so a so, million dollars you're going to get like two hundred fifty thousand dollars that actually goes to the cap because so, you're kicking yeah, that lower. Go ahead. I, I I just pulled it up, and the last guy on the roster has that seven hundred and five thousand. Yeah. Um, but Joe Spath came in with a thirty dollars donation. He says, "Hey guys, with Evero as a DC, we will still be in a base three four defense. And if the season started today, who do you think our starting D line would be?" Curious if you guys think DJ is more of a defensive tackle, defensive end. Love the show. Go Broncos. Thank you, um, Joe. I think I think the safest way to put it is that the Broncos' base defense is going to be a nickel. Um, you're going to have two down linemen, two edge rushers, one or two linebackers, and then the rest are going to be defensive backs. Um, that just seems to be the way they're, they're headed to. And I think that in a base 3-4 look, I think DJ Jones should be your, your 0-1 technique. When you go to that nickel look, he can, he can handle the 2-I. Um, so I, I just think about that. I mean, just three, the base of three, four, four, three is kind of it is headed out to to be like dead. Um, it has it's more so you want to talk about more technique, what defensive line techniques, um, stand up, um, pass rushers, things like that, um, edges. It's it's more of that way instead of more three, four, four, three. Yeah, a, a big part here is, like Eric said, it's going to be a lot of five and six defensive backs, nickel and dime personnel, um, even though six defensive backs is – is it technically a dime? I, I guess I don't know how the, to qualify that because what, what do you – is it a big nickel, a big dime, but whatever. It doesn't matter. Six defensive backs are going to be on the field. So DJ Jones is going to be a guy that's probably going to be um, – obviously he's a great run stuffer. Is that a 13.1% run stop percentage was the highest of any defensive tackle last season that played uh, over 150 run stop snaps. And that's per uh, Andrew Mason, our, our good buddy over there at uh, DNVR. Um, like the, the guy's great in the running game. He just doesn't offer you enough pass rush upside. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting to see how they utilize him as far as third downs are concerned. And I really want to see them attack that uh, interior defensive line position to get another interior pass rusher because that is a, a great way to win in the NFL, especially if you don't have guys coming off the edge. Not the Broncos don't have guys, but interior pass pressure is a way like collapsing the pocket from inside and not making um, not making your edge rushers do so much coming off the edge. Like that's a great way. And DJ Jones, Mike Purcell are not guys that can do that. Draymond Jones can. He's still got to take that next step. He was great last year. Don't get me wrong, but he still has to take that next step and become a truly elite player um, before we can really rely on that. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how that one plays out for sure. But uh, DJ Jones, uh, like Eric said, zero one technique, two eye technique, maybe a three technique uh, where he's playing kind of. Uh, I, I don't think he has the length to to play the three technique. He really just doesn't. But uh, um, like it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how they use well, that. But with Evero, uh, expect a lot of cover four. Expect a lot of um, two man stuff splits. It's gonna be split safeties and then four down line. Well, I guess two down linemen, two edge defenders, and depending on what one uh, like if they're over or under in their um, in their 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 set, um, either one of them can be like one of them is gonna be standing, one of them is gonna have their hand in the dirt. And I would expect Randy Gregory to be the guy standing and Bradley Chubb having his hand in the dirt because Chubb as a seven technique. Whew, let's go. I'm about that life. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing with DJ um, Jones 
is that he can't be that four eye that Shelby Harris was. No, no. Like that that's the biggest thing. So mm-hmm. if you're looking at three four, then you kind of want to add it somebody else or hope McTelvin Ajim takes a big step up, which is something that you kind of don't want to. Um going back to chat, I see a couple people talking about Julio Jones. Not sure why. Um eh. I yeah, I doubt Denver goes the, after another receiver. The but. the one the one that I keep seeing, I've seen it a handful of different times. Um, see if I can find a good one here. Uh, Lyle Collins. Lyle Collins is actually now a free agent, the former right tackle from the Dallas Cowboys. Um, big market expected for him. I know the Broncos are interested. I know the Bengals are interested. I know the Miami Dolphins are interested as well. Um, probably not going to come cheap. Lyle Collins, Eric, that's a big move. The Broncos are going to have to get creative with the cap space. Uh, but is that something that we could see happen here somewhere? And Chase jumping in with a $2 super chat, uh, asking specifically about Lyle Collins. And thanks, Chase, for joining us. Um, thank you, Chase, for that. And it just goes right in with the topic. Um, as I said Wednesday, I think that if Lyle Collins was really, or Lyle Collins being released would increase Denver's interest a little bit more, it was going to come down to price. And I just don't think that the price range matches what Denver wants to do or even then can do at the moment. He's still in Cincinnati, and I believe the latest is that he'll be there in Cincinnati until tomorrow even. Um, Joe Burrow's heavily involved in it, and basically they don't want to they don't want him to leave without a contract. And honestly, with that offensive line watching them in the Super Bowl, I mean you can't blame them. Right. Um sounds like that he's gonna get more than on his new contract than what he was going to get from than what he had with the Cowboys. Yeah. Uh, the biggest thing there was there was concerns about his hips, and teams wanted to go check that out. They want they they want to um, court him, um, so we'll see what it is. And but you never know. Speaking of courting people, it could end up having a situation like the Browns landing Watson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Peter Middleton jumping in here. Except for Russell Wilson, which of the new sightings will have the biggest impact for the Broncos? Um, uh, Gregory is the easy one there, but I'm going to go DJ Jones. And the reason why here is because the Broncos were so bad up front defensively against the run this last season. They ranked 30th in the NFL, I believe, is in yards per attempt and yard and yards per game uh, in the running game. Like DJ Jones being as good as he is against the run. Randy Gregory is going to be great coming off the edge, but he is not a great run defender. So getting a guy like DJ Jones to be able to man up, um, like his motor is so high, not the longest guy, but he does a really good job in the running game. Obviously uh, number one defensive tackle in the NFL and run stop percentage uh, per pro football focus. So that to me is probably the biggest one. Gregory is a close second though. And I think that the pass rush is going to be better, but if they can't stop the run again like they didn't last year, the pass rush isn't going to matter. Because if you can't get off the field, then or, or put yourself into obvious passing situations because you can't stop the run. Randy Gregory is not going to tee off. He's going to get blown out of the water in the running game. So like DJ Jones is the guy, quite honestly. And I know that's weird to say for an interior defensive lineman that's only going to play two downs more than likely, but that, that's the biggest one, honestly. Yeah. Um, going back, Stephen came in and says, we're kidding ourselves on our receivers. They're improving big time. Assuming that this is where Julio Jones came in, it's like they are unproven. And a part of that was that the quarterback played the last couple of years hasn't been great. Um, we should see an uptick in their production this year. And the thing is, is I'd rather roll with the unproven guys and going big with Julio Jones when he's old and seems to be on his last legs. 
and injury prone. Uh, he's always dinged up right now. He's been dinged uh, up for the last like five years. The best way to put it is that he's that sports car that you just can't get spare parts for anymore. Um, and then KJ came in. Russell Wilson's new Broncos contract is imminent. After trade, GM says, I'm trying to tell you, they are trying to work on Bobby, bring Bobby Wagner in. Um, I doubt it. I don't think Bobby Wagner's ever really been in play for Denver. Um, I think that the reports of Russell Wilson trying to lure him to Denver have been a little bit misleading. Um, but Bobby Wagner, just he's not in play for Denver, especially now after signing Alex Singletary, or Singleton. Sorry. Um, yeah, I just it's just a no-go there. Yeah. I, I'm with you on that. Russell Wilson and him didn't get along. Kind of uh, talked about that a little bit uh, on Wednesday when we did our three-hour show. Um, they, they were more just civil in the locker room. They never truly got along. They, they, they didn't fight each other. They were never like at each other's throats. But like, you don't have to like everybody on your team. Like, you know, like you be good teammates. You be civil. You just keep it. You know, keep it professional. And that's kind of the relationship. So the the best way to put it. Is that it was like Peyton Manning and Cody Latimer? Yes. Yep. Yep. Cody, I, I don't. This this was reported, and I don't know how many fans know this or not. Peyton Manning did not like Cody Latimer, and Cody Latimer didn't like him. It's why Cody Latimer, Latimer never really broke out on offense. Is that he couldn't meet the expectations of Peyton, and then there was some feeling that the expectations were right too high, and so on and so forth. Um. So, it, it's just kind of the same thing, except with those two. I mean, they worked on the same side of the field, so they definitely had to be. Civil, but it was the same thing with that. Wagner and Wilson, it's been reported on. It wasn't as heated as it was with Richard Sherman. Right. Um, but there was still tension there, and they just kind of let each other do, handle their side of the ball. Um, I do want to grab this this comment here from Dan Marsh. He's commented a couple different times. And hello, Dan. It's a new name for us. So thank you for joining us, uh, at least for the first time in my recollection. So thank you for that. Uh, losing Shelby Harris is still painful. Um I, I don't disagree. The The one that I actually, in the Russell Wilson trade, the, the player that hurts me the most to see go was Drew, Drew Locke. No, I'm just playing. It's actually Noah Fant. Uh, Noah Fant is the guy that uh, um, I really wanted to see what he would be able to do with a, with better quality quarterback play. Um, and unfortunately, he's stuck with Drew Locke as his quarterback again. So, uh, no. It, uh, maybe. Maybe. We'll see. we'll see. But at least as of right now, at least as of right now, Drew Locke is the quarterback. Him and Geno Smith are the quarterbacks on the roster in Seattle. Um, well, Geno Smith's a free agent, if I remember right. Oh, is Second. he? Okay. I thought he was still under contract. Okay, never mind then. Um, regardless, like Noah Fant getting out of here when he got a, a guy like Russell Wilson, not that he likes to target the, the tight end very much, but still – to have quality quarterback play and have an offense that actually utilizes his skill set the right way. Noah Fant leaving hurts me more than Shelby does. Um, and, and that is even going into the conversation of knowing that we need interior defensive line help more than tight end help. Like there's, there's, there's both sides of the conversation there, but losing Shelby, Shelby sucks. Lo losing Noah Fant sucks more. The thing that hurts with Shelby here is like, I wasn't super sad about it. Don't get me wrong, he was a fine player. This last year was a little bit disappointing from him. But he had he had his podcast, Shell Shocked, and he talked about the trade. And the hardest thing was listening to that of him talk about how he's not moving his family. The deal was always the case with his family that as soon as one of his kids entered high school, that he wasn't moving them. He wasn't going to pull them out. So he's going to be going living in Seattle for most of the time by himself. Um, and that's... I mean, it's difficult uh, It's as, as a father and it's something that's very difficult. And um, 
I mean, as professionals, I'm sure that these guys have are used to it a little bit more, but it's still, it's very different going from, hey, I'm seeing my family every day to where I'm seeing my family once or twice a week for a short amount of time. Yeah. Um, so it, it hurts on that aspect of it. And uh, hearing him talk about how he found out being traded kind of kind of sucks a little bit, but at the same time, it's a little bit funny because he was in the Broncos facilities. He was having lunch, saw it on the TV, looked down, and he was super excited, looked down, saw his phone was ringing from George Payton, and he knew um, and had to go uh, talk about it and everything and yeah. um, hear the news. So that, that was a little bit rough. Um, Noah Fant, like, I get where it kind of sucks. He was – definitely the best player of the three but with his issues blocking it's just like all right i'd rather bet on the upside of albert o in that aspect because he's actually showing progress where no offense not and then just to clarify a comment somebody asked about alex singleton jessica new name and the valley drivers at least to me so i thought alex is a backup in special teams he is but the thing is is you have baron browning you have josie joel back you have just jonas griffith and you have alex singleton like that's you're looking at those four as being your linebackers going into the season. Yeah. And Bobby Wagner, I mean, who are you going to cutting into? I mean, Josie Jewell, they spoke highly of him. He's the glue that holds the defense together. Baron Browning has so much upside. Like, who are you putting on the bench for Bobby Wagner in a defense that likely you're only going to have one of those guys on the defense for a good majority of the snaps anyway, so. Well, and how long are you going to get Bobby Wagner playing at the level that he's playing right now? And it's starting. Well, he's to already off. declining. So exactly, that's what I'm saying. Like you're you're getting a 32 year old Bobby Wagner that's already starting to kind of fall off a cliff a little bit, and um, in a in a situation where you already have guys on your defense that fit the defense better than Bobby Wagner does. So it's it's, it's just a rough conversation here. Um, Travis Weber jumping in here. Do you think K. Jacks will get another one year deal from Denver? Uh, depending on the cost, he very well could. It sounds like they want to have him back. Um, we talked about this on Wednesday as well, but uh, with with Caden Stearns, as well as he did play last year, it's you're not trusting that in a full time role because he was playing a, a halftime, maybe even a, a third time role in that defense last year. And yeah, the, the flashes were there. He had three interceptions or something like that. I know two for sure. Eric and I got to watch one live in the Jets game. Um, but uh, Kareem Jackson is a guy, is a great leader. The, the players pounded the table for him to come back. Justin Simmons specifically um, is a guy that can offer you some quality depth, even at 34 years old. Um, a guy that is uh, a, a vocal leader on the field and off the field in the locker room. So I think that they do want to have him back. I just don't know if they're going to like they, they, they moved off their number from $4 million last year to five just to get him back. But I don't think he's going to get that this year. Like, it's like two and a half, maybe, maybe two and a half million dollar deal. Like, especially with the Broncos cap space right now. Like, why not just go to the draft and go get a guy? Yeah. Um, with, uh, um, with that is, it, again, it just it really comes down to cost. They want Caden Stearns to start. And I think Kareem Jackson is willing to kind of take that step back to be that number three guy. Um. So it's nice. I mean, because he he's, can kind of be that tone setter uh, on, on the defense that Denver needs. Caden Cerns, from what I understand, has really pushed for him back because of how um, Jackson helped him in meeting rooms and everything, watching film. Justin Simmons wants him back. So And they made it clear that they want him back. And Jessica came in and she says, uh, yes, she's new, followed Russ. Well, welcome to the Dove LED Divers. We're glad to have you. 
Welcome to Broncos country. If you followed Russ and you're a former Seahawks fan, so you're now a Broncos fan and welcome to Broncos country and welcome to the show. And thank you. Hopefully, um, if you haven't got a chance to check out every other show, we do go live. The Huddle Up Podcast Network is live on Mile High Huddle's YouTube page every single day at 6 p.m. Mountain Time, 8 p.m. Eastern. So make sure you check out all the rest of the shows and always every single Friday night, come check out and chop it up with us because we appreciate your guys' support. Uh, do got a quick, another question from Dan, uh, Dan Marks. And there was another one here as well as from Rodney Garcia. I'll pull that one up. Um, uh, Melvin Gordon, any word on Melvin Gordon? And Dan wants to bounce off of that saying, is Melvin Gordon a wait and see how the draft goes option? Um, the running back market has not really heated up. You have JD McKissick that went, uh, Chase Edmonds went to Miami. Um, James Conner re-upped with the Arizona Cardinals, but for the most part, it's been kind of slow. I, mean, I know Royce Freeman re-signed with the uh, with the Houston Texans on a one-year deal, a cheap deal. Um, but you've got Leonard Fournette, you've got Melvin Gordon, Ronald Jones is still a free agent. There's another handful of guys that are quality options at the running back position that are all probably still looking for the five, six, seven, eight million dollars a year gig that the Broncos just right now they don't have that kind of cap space. I do agree that it's probably a wait and see how the draft goes deal before Melvin Gordon does take a deal if he does come back to Denver. And it's not going to be at $5 million a season just because the running back position is so devalued. There's so many names on on, on the open wire that are available and they're just going to kind of cannibalize themselves as far as the market's concerned unless one of them goes out and signs a big money deal, which will then fire up their market just a little bit more. But uh, I, I don't see Melvin Gordon coming back right now. Um, Eric, I don't know. I, I would welcome that. I really would. What, what what are your thoughts on Melvin Gordon right now, though? Um, right now? I, I don't think yeah. it's a cards. I think it's a combination of kind of want to see how the draft goes. I mean, this year, almost every single year, you have a pretty good influx of talent at the running back position, kind of similar to wide receiver. Uh, um, college just keeps turning them out. Um, and you, it's just so easy to find solid guys to run the ball for you for a couple of years and then move on. Um, the running back market right now, it's been a lot of guys either returning to where they're, where they're from or going or head coaches getting their guy that they wanted. Um, so it's still kind of, it's always one of the later markets to really kick off anyways. Um, so I think Denver's wanted to see there. The, it, they, they're open to it, but it's just a matter of price, and so we still have to kind of wait and see on that and everything. Um, so that's just how it is, and that's how it is a lot of times. When you guys don't see teams moving or making big moves, a lot of times it's not that they're not looking. It's just that price range and just monitoring the market. I mean, if they want to see if, like, we have interest in this guy, but right now he's kind of asking for a little bit much. We want to kind of see what materializes there. Um Jadavian Clowney for the last couple of years is actually a really good example of it. Not sure if that's the case this year, but he's a guy who consistently has gone into free agency looking for a huge contract and it's never there. Kareem Jackson last year, after he was let go um, by the Broncos, he didn't want to take that pay cut because he thought he can get more on the open market, got released quickly found out that he wasn't getting what he thought and came back to the Broncos for um, basically what they were offering for the, with the pay cut. So it's just a, way it is sometimes especially with veterans and especially at a position that's so devalued yeah it's going to be interesting to see because the the draft there's a couple of really quality options from the 75 to 150 range um that james cook is a is a great option there kyron williams another one um 
uh, my guy, Sincere McCormick from UTSA. That's it. There's another great name there. Uh, uh, this running back class is super stacked. James Cook would probably be the guy that I would want to see the Broncos draft highly because he is such a great complementary skill set to what Javante Williams already has. And it, uh, also to Mike Boone as well. It, like Mike Boone and uh, and James Cook, they both do really well out of the backfield as receivers. So it's it's going to be fun to see how that plays out. But uh, no, I don't I don't expect Gordon coming back. And yeah. even though they were a great one two punch, they really were. And I want to grab this comment real quick. Matt Willis asking, how much more cap space do we have? Well, after the Tim Patrick restructure, without knowing what Josh Johnson signed for, without knowing the structure of DJ Jones, it seems like that Denver is sitting between seven and eight million. Um, I know overthecap.com has Denver a little bit more, but it's just because they don't have DJ Jones' structure. They don't have Eric Tomlinson's contract in there, and they don't have um, Josh Johnson's. And last time I checked, they didn't have um, Alex Singleton's in there either. So, right. It's before, before Tim Patrick, they were down to like maybe three million in cap space. Um, and he freed up like 4.6 or something like that in cap space. So, that, that's kind of what you're looking about, about seven to eight million cap space, which, hey, it's wiggle room, and yep. Denver still can add a little bit more wiggle room, especially if they want to make two signings at, at corner. Yep. Yes, sir. Uh, EJ jumping in here. Uh, Abraham Lucas or Bernard Raymond, if they are there at 64, we take one of them. Um, I don't think Raymond's going to last to 64. Lucas would be a good fit. Um but if Raymond yeah. starts to fall, he's one to look, keep an eye out for moving up for. That, that's exactly what I was about to say. Uh, like Bernard Raymond is a guy that I really like. I went back and kind of rewatched him. He struggled against Missouri. Um, there were some strength issues I saw and leverage issues for sure. But for the most part, he does a good job getting out. He moves really well. He's an aggressive blocker, physical blocker at the point of attack. Um, mirrors very well in the passing game. Uh, at if the Broncos wanted to trade up into the low 40s, like say 40, 41, 42, somewhere, if they can get into the higher 30s, somewhere around in there, Raymond's definitely an option. Uh, I want you to speak on Lucas again, though, because you said this a couple of different times. Uh, what are your thoughts on Abraham Lucas at 64? I seem to be lower on him than many others. Um, I've seen conversations about him being in that 50 to 64 range. So um, I, I have him, I believe, as a early third I believe is kind of where the range I'm at um so it's just depends like I could live with it I could live with it at 64 um I like him I don't love him um but I mean there's there's a lot there to work with he one thing that was surprising was how fluid of a mover he was at the combine when watching him through the drills and through the testing which was which was nice um he went out he had a good senior bowl like it's just I don't know. It, it, it's just with where my grade 64 is a little rich, but again, it's one of those things where depending on how the board falls, like, and that's your option, like, yeah, I can live with that little bit of reach because also at the same time is my board, my personal thoughts on those players is definitely not the same as the Broncos. Yeah. That's very true. I mean, even your thoughts and my thoughts are not the same on a lot of these players. Uh, so it, everyone has their own opinions well, and it's... And in the case of you and I, that's just because I'm right and you're wrong. Well, I mean, that's 90% of the time how it goes. However, we do agree on a lot of stuff, though, okay? We do actually agree on a lot of stuff. Uh, Peter Middleton, I got to grab this uh, this uh, super chat that just came in here in a second. Uh, Peter jumps in and says, if Mahomes gets injured, where do you put the Chiefs in this division? Are they last? With the coaching, as good as they are, I'm not sure who their backup quarterback is. Is it still Matt Moore? Is is that who their backup quarterback is? Uh, is it Henny? Okay. 
then never mind. I was going to say if it was Matt Moore, then uh, go back to what happened in 2000. I think it was 19 or 18, Bloody Thursday, as uh, Stokely and Zach like to call it, uh, where Mahomes actually got hurt. And then Matt Moore went out and threw for two touchdown passes and still managed to blow the Broncos out. Uh, I don't take anything away from the Chiefs, um, especially not with a play caller and a coach like Andy Reid. So if, if Mahomes gets hurt early, then sure, I could see that. I could see it um, where they would be finished last place. But uh, no, I, I don't see that actually happening. I, I think they will probably still be at least better than the Raiders. Uh, Joey Richards, our guy, JR Drafts, at JR Drafts. I'm still mad at you, by the way, Joey. I know you're watching. I know you're still here. I'm still mad at you that you went to uh, Mile High Sports and didn't come join Mile High Huddle. We recruited you so <laughs> hard. So hard, damn it. But uh, no, good friend of the show. He was actually one of the first guests we ever had on the show um, to talk the NFL draft with us. Great follow at JR Drafts, guys. Go and check out all of his content. Super good dude as well. Uh, showing some love here. Keep it up, guys. And Joey, you keep it up. I can't wait to chop it up with you again. We need to get link up together, whether it's you coming on our show or me coming on the What's On Draft or whatever we got to do. Let's link up. Let's chop it up. Uh, get Zach Seegers involved as well. It'd be a great crossover show. So, uh Let's let's link up one of these days and see if we can't make that happen. Yeah, I'm not one to really hype up people for you know our competitors, but Joey Richards, Jr. Drafts, and um, Zach Seegers are two guys that are definitely worth a follow. Great guys, talk to them a little bit behind the scenes and everything. Both super nice guys, um, young and upcoming dudes as well. So if you guys aren't following them on Twitter, go give them a follow as well on that. Um, I'm not sure the Twitter handles off the top of my head. Um, well, I don't know sure JR drafts. Yeah. Um, Max is the one I'm not sure about, but go give them a follow. They're good guys. They're young, up and coming guys. Smart guys too. Yeah, and just good follows. They they're super knowledgeable. And like Eric says, they don't really gas up the competition. But those guys have been on the show. They've been a part of us and been a part of Dud Alley Deep Divers before. Um, and I'm never gonna say bad words about friends. So uh, yeah, go give those guys a follow. Well, the opportunity too. But, yeah, Nick Nick's different though. He doesn't count. <laughs> Does anybody actually agree with anything that Nick says? Is is that a thing? Like, does, <laughs> does that actually happen? <laughs> uh, goodness. Love you, Nick. Hopefully you're listening so you can hear us talking trash about you. Uh, let's see. 56 minutes. Let's go through the chat one more time, see if we can grab a couple rapid-fire questions, guys. If you have any questions, get them in quick. Super chats. Make sure we can see them because the chat always jumps when I say this. Um Get your questions in now. We'll go a couple more minutes or so and see if we can't answer as many as humanly possible as I uh, scroll through this. Let's see here. Um, Scott, you got a good one? I'm not seeing it. Let's go to the I got, I got, I got okay, this go, one. Go ahead. Go ahead, Eric. I got Chase Wallner saying, well, Nick Slender. I mean, of course. It's one of the reliables things with the Valley Deep Divers. Star Wars stuff, me shooting down something Lance says, and then Nick Slender. It's all, that, all you're, it's always you can count on it here. You, you really can. It's actually qu quite funny because ninety percent of the time, like I said, ninety every almost every show, Eric at least slaps me down saying you're wrong. Like you, I hope you know you're wrong. All right, Luis Rodriguez jumping in here says the wild, wild, wild west. I love it. I can't wait for the season. My wife laughs at me because I say the same thing every season because I love my team. But this, this is the year to turn it back to winning. And with a with a quarterback like Russell Wilson, it, 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 listen to the press conference. If you don't, if you haven't already done it, uh, haven't got enough of the coverage and whatnot, go to DenverBroncos.com. Go check out; they have the videos there. You can you can watch the entire 54 minute press conference. I've watched it twice now. I don't know how many times it was more than a handful. 
Russell Wilson stopped what he was saying and says, guys, I came here to do one thing and one thing only, and that is win. Like, I love the competition here in the AFC West, but I came here to win. And the Broncos are finally back on that track. Guys, I cannot tell you, I, I said it Wednesday, I'll say it again a million times over. I'm so excited with the direction of this team. We've got a quality general manager and George Payton that has a great draft, at least in the, and then has gone out and made a great move to get a quarterback. You've got the head coach that is so juiced up and so excited about everything, everything he does. Every time I watch a video or hear him speak, I get so fired up. And now you have Russell freaking Wilson as the quarterback. This team is primed to get back to success and I cannot be more excited. It's definitely a, I mean, you felt you felt that when Nathaniel Hackett was hired, there was a a, a change of, you know, the the energy level. Like it, it was obvious then, and then adding Russell Wilson, this continued change of the energy level. Um, times are changing, and it's it's a good thing because I think, despite the agrees, agreements about past quarterbacks and everything, I think that we all can agree that we we're just tired of losing. Yeah, um, we're tired of seeing of our team lose, and now I mean they'll still lose games but now it feels like we'll at least be in it a little bit more often and that will, you know, win more than seven, eight games a season. Yeah. So it's, it's a good thing. And then um, just a couple of shout outs here. Uh, Michael Ronquillo is a great show tonight. And thank you, Michael. For Thanks Michael. Up. We appreciate you. Um, Travis Weber. Great show guys. Have a good night. Had a great weekend. The neighbors broke out their grill and the smell made me hungry. Oh man. It's still not quite to a point where we can grill up here yet. Still a little bit snowy and wetty, wet up here. Wetty. Um, but yeah, have a good night. Have a great weekend, Travis, and hopefully we'll see you guys. You'll see you next week. But uh, looks like that's going to wrap it up for us as we got to get out of here. We appreciate everybody joining us, as always. Um, but go ahead, Lance. You can take it off from there. Yeah, thank you all for joining us on the Dub Valley Deep Divers podcast. You guys can follow us on Twitter by finding me at SandersonMHH and for Eric at Eric Trickle. Also for Scott Kennedy running the ones and twos behind the scenes at Scout Kennedy. Also, guys, at DVDD underscore pod, that's the podcast account where you're going to find everything we're talking about on the Dove Valley Deep Divers podcast every Friday at 6 p.m. Mountain Time, 8 p.m. Eastern. Um, also, while you're at it, guys, at Mile High Huddle, make sure you're following that account because it's the mother account. You're going to get breaking news and analysis regarding all of your everything Denver Broncos, um, film breakdowns, opinion articles, all of our draft contents up there on Mile at Mile High Huddle. Um, so make sure you guys follow that account for sure. Um, if you're on Facebook, Go to facebook.com slash mile high huddle pod. That is the huddle, the, uh, the huddle up podcast account on facebook.com. Um, there's also the, if you just go to facebook.com slash mile high huddle, click that blue become a supporter button because you're going to get premium content like the trickle zone. You're also going to get uh, Kelberman's corner. You're also going to get Broncos book club with Chad Jensen. And on Wednesday, I finally got a guest secured. It's not the one that I originally wanted to get, but I got a quality, high quality guest talking the NFL draft. With me, uh, which is probably going to go up on YouTube and on Facebook, it's going to be a recorded show. But make sure you guys are tuned in and stay tuned because I can. I'm super, super excited to finally be able to get Ryan Roberts from uh, the the NFL Draft uh, RisingDraft.com is actually going to be joining the show. Um, he was with uh, SportsIllustrated.com and also the NFL Draft Bible. So I'm super, super excited to announce that um, Wednesday we're going to record that and get that put up live. Um, also, guys, huddleuppod.com. If you guys are financially able to do so, get, head over that way. Get yourself a hat. There's a T-shirt, a hoodie, face mask, coffee cup, anything that suits your fancy, something for the guys, something for the gals. Hell, there's even a onesie for your baby if that's your bag. Uh, huddleuppod.com, great way to support the show. If you guys aren't financially able to do so, uh, 
subscribe wherever you guys are watching this youtube specifically but subscribe to mile high huddle like every video you guys see including this one smash the like button on the way out guys and if you love it share it get it in front of as many broncos fans share it with all your friends um get as many eyes on us as possible because without your guys' support we couldn't do what we do best which is cover your denver broncos now with that eric before we get out of here man any last words no i mean just excited and uh Brody Fort and I guess let's ride. <laughs> let's ride. Oh man, the memes. The memes are so good. All right, guys. With that, we're gonna get out of here. Thank you all so much again for joining the Dove Valley Deep Divers podcast. Y'all stay safe and take care. Have a great rest of your weekend. Please stay safe, guys. Don't drink and drive. Don't text and drive. We want to see you guys same time, same place next week here on the Dove Valley Deep Divers podcast, guys. Thanks. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.